Well, good morning and welcome to this latest devotional podcast from Holy Trinity Leicester. My name is Jitish and we're continuing our series looking at the book of Nehemiah. And this morning we're in Nehemiah 2, chapter uh, 2, verses 1 to 9. And I want to draw out from it just three things, three simple marks of what should mark us as workers in God's kingdom. What God calls us to have, characteristics and marks that make us effective for his purposes. In the Lord's Prayer, you'll know that we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the question is, how do we become the answer to our own prayers? What is it that needs to be in our life that we might be agents of God's kingdom coming? In the Gospels, Jesus says that the kingdom advances forcefully and forceful people take hold of it. But what do such people look like? And I want to draw out three things, three things that we should have in our life that we can ask God for. The great missionary Hudson Taylor once said that, depend on it, God's work done in God's ways will never lack for supplies. And these are God's ways to do God's work that will never lack his supply. And the first thing is this, that we need God's passion, the passion of God to fill our lives. In our passage, Nehemiah has been waiting three months until he makes his move. He's heard that the walls of Jerusalem have been destroyed and he's had a sense of God's call upon his life to be part of their rebuilding, to coordinate it, to enable it, to allow God's kingdom to come once again amongst his people. But he waits three months and we'll find out why in just a moment. But that's a passion that's burned during those three months. His initial desire to do something wasn't a flash in the pan desire. It wasn't a temporary desire. It was a long, slow burning fervor that something needs to be done, that God's kingdom needs to come. And it's a passion that overcomes comfort. You see, Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king, we find out. And he had a quite comfortable living, probably, uh, in the royal palace, eating of the royal food. And he didn't need to get his hands dirty. He didn't need to put his life in danger by going back to Jerusalem to help the rebuilding. But that passion that is burning inside of him causes him to overcome that comfortable place of living. It's a passion also that overcomes fear. We've seen in this chapter, he knows he's going to have to make a bold request of the king. He's going to have to ask for something that normally would be unaskable. And he would have been afraid that I've got to ask the king of the empire the Persian Empire. I've got to ask him for resources. I've got to ask him for a leave. I've got to ask him for favour. And who am I? I'm a cupbearer. And yet his passion is such that it overcomes his fear as well. And the first thing that we need in our lives to see God's kingdom come is passion. Passion that isn't temporary. Passion that burns within us that will overcome things like comfort and fear. I wonder today, do you need the passion? Do you need the passion of God to burn within you? Do you need to ask afresh for God to birth that passion, for that passion to burn within you for him and for his purposes? The second thing in this passage is that Nehemiah is marked by wisdom. You see, the reason he waits three months is because he waits for an opportune time to bring the situation before the king. He waits, it says, until the New Year banquet. And then the way that he starts to make his approach to the king is really wise as well. 
It says that he doesn't make a direct request, which might well have got his head chopped off. How dare he speak up in the royal court? Instead, he shows his mourning on his face, his sadness of heart for the first time, prompting the king to ask what's wrong. And then when he's asked what's wrong, the reply he gets isn't what you'd expect. It isn't that he says that the wall's broken down and that they need rebuilding and someone needs to do it, and so please send me. He speaks about the city that houses his father's tombs, which is really wise because it's a culture that really honoured ancestors and how that city had been abandoned and destroyed. And that would have resonated with the king because he really would have honoured ancestors and ancestral history as well, creating sympathy and not mentioning, of course, the fact that that city had once been involved in military rebellion. He's wise in the way that he presents the issue. And God promises for us as well wisdom, wisdom to employ in his purposes, wisdom that the Proverbs uh, speak about like a sharpening of the axe. That means that you don't have to exert as much strength. Wisdom that is wisdom from heaven, wisdom that marked Jesus who had the spirit of wisdom, wisdom that we know that we often need. We don't know how to do things, but God does. And for impossible situations or for just really difficult ones, God provides wisdom for those that ask. And then the third thing is that we see that he has vision. As soon as the king responds and says, what do you need? Well, Nehemiah responds instantly. He's gone in with vision. He says that he needs a letter to the governor for self-safe passage, which we find comes in use later on. And then he actually names an individual, Asaph, who's the head of the local timber log, the king's forest where they got the wood from, and says, I'll need some provision from him. Please, could you make sure that I get that? And of course, because he's gone in with that vision that he's then able to deploy, the king says yes to both of them. And wonderfully, Nehemiah gets to go to Jerusalem and begin the rebuilding work. It's a wonderful story of how this guy, with deep passion that burnt, with wisdom as to how to speak and with a vision as to what needs to happen, saw God use him to turn the heart of a king and to bring about restoration and the building of God's kingdom. And I wonder what you need today. Do you need passion? Do you need to ask God for that passion afresh, that long burning passion for his work and his ways? Do you need wisdom crying out to him for wisdom, for things that you need to do? Do you need vision? Just God to give you a vision of what could be possible and what needs to be implemented. Let me end with a bit of an embarrassing story. Uh, back when I was a teenager, um, I did something called the Duke of Edinburgh Award. Um, and for the Bronze Award, you had to uh, trek around a valley um, in the Peak District uh, with all your stuff on your back in groups of five. And I remember at school that... Uh, we were a group of five boys and we were competing very much against a group of five girls who we knew really, really well. And so we decided we're going to trace out on the contoured uh, map, the Ordnance Survey map, a route that's going to be really quick that will get us ahead of the girls and we'd uh, beat them back to the original campsite. And so we traced out the route and we set off. We had the vision to beat the girls. Um, we had the passion, we, we can't be shown up by the girls, but it turns out we didn't have the wisdom. You see, we hadn't really understood what contour lines meant. 
and we didn't quite look carefully enough at the steep inclines that we'd be found on and uh, the precipices that we'd faced. There's a reason that, the, that we'd chosen hadn't been chosen by anyone else. And guess what? Uh, we didn't get back before them. We'd lost and we had to eat humble pie. We'd been lacking in the fundamental need for wisdom. We had everything else, but we didn't have wisdom. And let me say, just missing one of those three elements can cause things to fail. We don't have the passion where we dry up in our desire to do the work of the Lord far too quickly. If we don't have the wisdom, well, we don't go about things the way that we should and things don't work out. And we don't have the vision or we don't have the big picture in mind. We don't know what the end goal is. But when all three come together, it's a wonderful thing and God works in us and through us as a result. So I wonder which you need today. I encourage you to pray for it. Amen.